And uh, this morning we are privileged to hear preaching um, both Charlene and Katrina. So why don't we give a warm welcome to Katrina to begin with. Good morning. Thank you, music team. That was wonderful. Now, I want to speak with you today about the Holy Spirit, and I figure we should start at the beginning. So who knows the very first verse in the Bible? I learned it in Sunday school, Genesis 1.1. Can we all say it together? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, I think just as importantly in the beginning is verse 2 here, but I didn't learn this by memory in Sunday school, so I'm going to read it to you. Now the earth was formless and empty, darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. So we see here that the Holy Spirit was there right at the beginning, right before anything else was created, it was just the heavens and the earth, and God was hovering over the waters, the Spirit of God. So he was there at the beginning, before anything else was created. But like Kylie said this morning, through the Old Testament, there was a very different way of being able to be a Christian. There were prophets who would hear from the Holy Spirit, and they were the ones who ministered on behalf of Jesus and would bring the word, who would bring guidance to the people, and they weren't able to have the Holy Spirit with them. So we see this in Moses. He was an amazing prophet, a huge one in the Bible. I've got another one here, Elisha, just an example that Josh brought up last week. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. So Elisha was the bridge in that situation of the word of God, of the spirit of God, of having that heavenly view, eyes open to the people to be able to show and tell what God was doing. We live under a different covenant, thankfully. That was the old covenant the old testament which came through the law so the ten commandments that were given were the law given and that's the original covenant so covenant and testament are very similar in their meaning and I'll use them interchangeably under the old covenant you had to obey the law and if you disobeyed the law you would have to use animal sacrifice to get right with God now I don't know about you but I think I would be there daily giving sacrifices just to try and keep right with God because it's hard to right but throughout the whole Old Testament it continuously points to a Messiah coming to Jesus coming so through the new covenant and Jesus dying on the cross we get this new covenant the final sacrifice given for all of us so who is the Holy Spirit under the new covenant I'll share with you John 14 verses 15 to 17 Loving me empowers you to obey my commands and I will ask the Father and he will give you another saviour, the Holy Spirit of truth, who will be to you a friend just like me and he will never leave you. The world won't receive him because they can't see him or know him, 
but you know him intimately because he remains with you and will live inside you. So we get to have that gift. If we believe in Jesus, he gives us that gift freely. What an amazing gift to be under the new covenant, under the new law, and we get given that amazing gift. Not only do we not have to animal sacrifice because Jesus did that for us on the cross, that's final, done, said, but we get this amazing gift of the Holy Spirit to help lead us and guide us. So this happened, John 16 verse 7 says it very well. Uh, But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. This is Jesus again. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. So this happened around when Jesus died on the cross. He forgave our sins and the advocate, the Holy Spirit, gets to come and be with us. So why? Why do we get this amazing gift? Because I don't deserve it. But it's given freely. It says in Ephesians 3.19, And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of the goodness of God. So it's so that you can be filled, that you can know the full love and presence of God. But that in and of itself can be a bit of a selfish ambition. So we see in Hebrews 9.14 that we also have a purpose to serve. It says, How much more then... Will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God? So we've been given the Holy Spirit so that we can be filled, but then we can use that to help serve others. Then again, we are also called to live in faith. So Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It's just another amazing gift again that we get given so that we can serve others and we can live in faith, that we can step out, we can take brave decisions. Now I'm going to hand over to Shalini now who's going to share with us about the works of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Katrina. Hi, good morning. How are we all doing? Give us a wave. Um, as Katrina um, introduced, my name is Shalini. Um, I do need to make a small disclaimer before I start. I'm 35 weeks pregnant, and all the people, women who've been pregnant before will, will agree that there are some aches and pains. So if I wince or do anything weird, all is well. All is well. Do not panic. And if for some reason I go into labor in 10 minutes, miraculously, I expect a cheer squad. <laughs> so, um, so Katrina and I are going to start this second half of our message, um, unpacking the work of the Holy Spirit. Like Katrina's um, taught us and explained to us um, who the Holy Spirit is, when he came, why he came. So now we want to get to know him. Like, what does he actually do? Right, so we receive the Holy Spirit when we accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. Without the Holy Spirit, we cannot interpret the Word of God properly, which makes it very hard to live a godly life and even harder to serve the Lord adequately. So, the work of the Holy Spirit is a vital part of every believer's Christian life. So, let's continue on this journey. Um, we've got a ton of scriptures coming, so coming, so 
get ready. Um, and Katrina's going to help us pick out all the, all the works of the Holy Spirit, just to summarize that for us. So we'll start in John chapter 14 um, to 16. So this is in the New Testament. Jesus is with his disciples, and he, is t- he knows that he's going to return to the Father one day. But he's, he's trying to introduce this new friend that, um, that will come in his place. So he says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of Truth. So Jesus is describing the Holy Spirit as a helper. The Amplified Version describes this helper as a comforter, an advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, a standby. Jesus then says in verse 26, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. So we can trust that the Holy Spirit will teach us. As we read the Bible or we hear a word and we're not sure, we don't understand, if you ask the Holy Spirit, he will teach you to you in a way that you can understand. He'll also remind you of what he's taught you. He'll remind you about the truth of Jesus. He'll remind you about what you learned five years ago in a situation where you need that help. Or when the Holy Spirit prompts you to talk to someone about Jesus or, or bring a word of truth or life and you're scared, if you ask the Holy Spirit, he'll remind you, he'll bring back to you all those things that you've learned, those verses you've memorized to help you. All right, in the next chapter, this is Jesus again continuing to um, describe the Holy Spirit, this new friend that's coming. He says, but I will send you the advocate, the Holy Spirit of truth. He will come to you from the Father and he will testify all about me. What does the word testify mean? If you go to the court of law and you have to stand and testify, you're telling, you're telling everyone about what happened, what you saw, what, what happened, I suppose. Um, so the Amplified Version describes this word as testify and bear witness about me. So the Holy Spirit will speak to us about Jesus. He will tell us about, about who Jesus is. In the next chapter, Jesus continues to say, when he comes... He being the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. For, so for those of us in this room who have received Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we'll remember a moment where we knew in our heart, we knew deep down in our spirit that we weren't living a life pleasing to God. We knew that we had rejected God and we needed, we needed Jesus that was the Holy Spirit talking to you. So that was the Holy Spirit convicting you. And then you had a choice what you wanted to do with that voice. In verse 13, it says, When the Holy Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will tell you about the future and he will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. So the Holy Spirit also tells you about the future. Um, some people have the gift of prophecy. I, I don't know there's many times where um, people with the gift of prophecy have prophesied things over me and it's come true. Um, in my experience, um, I shared with the first, this first service before, the times where I packed my lunch, it was once I was packing my lunch for work, just in a hurry, and I packed one serve and I felt a little prompt to pack another one. And I made all sorts of excuses like, oh, I've got no time. It's weird food. They're not going to like it. Like, the fridge is not big enough. Like, it's just weird. Who packs two lunches? Like, you know. And then I got to work and realized that a colleague had a really rough morning. Kids, sheep ran away. All sorts of stuff went wrong. And they didn't have any lunch. And it just hit me so hard that, wow, God was talking to me. 
it was such a simple task, but I chose not to do it. And now my friend wasn't blessed, her need wasn't met, and I missed the chance to tell her that God was actually looking out for her. And in verse 14, it says that he will bring me glory. So the Holy Spirit always points back to Jesus. He always glorifies Jesus. In the Passion Translation, it says that he, being the Holy Spirit, will glorify me on the earth, for he will receive what, uh, from me what is mine and reveal it to you. So moving on to the next chapter. So now we're in the, sorry, the next book. So now we're in the book of Acts. Here the writer, um, Luke, is writing about, um, about what Jesus was telling the disciples as well. So by this time, Jesus had already been crucified and resurrected, and he knew that he was going to leave, and he told the disciples to go and be witnesses. So in verse 4, it says, Once when he, he being Jesus, was eating with them, the disciples, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until Father, the Father sends you the gift he promised, as I told you before. So Jesus was basically saying, look, I know you've hung out with me for three years. We've done lots of cool stuff. You've seen like me raised from the dead. Like, wow, you're so like, you're ready to go. But hang on, you're not quite ready yet. Just wait a little bit more. Then he explains in verse 8. This is because you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. So the Holy Spirit empowers us. He will give us power and ability. So if he's telling you to do something and you're scared, and you're like, oh, I don't know if I can do it. If you ask the Holy Spirit and trust the Holy Spirit, he will enable you to do it. And you'll be surprised that you did it. Like, wow, I can't believe I did that. All right, let's go on to the next, next book. So in the book of Romans, um, this is the Apostle Paul speaking. He says, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. So Katrina and Kylie have mentioned this morning about the Old Testament where um, the Holy Spirit would descend from heaven at a certain time, certain place, speak to a certain person and return. But after Jesus was um, crucified and resurrected, the Holy Spirit came. He now stays here. He doesn't go back. He's, he's in us. He lives and dwells in us. Verse 15 so you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. Has anyone in this room had doubts about who you are? I know I have. I've had times in the middle of the night terrified because the devils managed to lie to me that God's not real and he doesn't love me and I'm going to regret one day and all sorts of things and the Holy Spirit like crying to the Holy Spirit he affirms you he reminds you of who you are if you ask him he will tell you so in the passion translation it says for the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being that you are God's beloved child Verse 26, he says, We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Look, I'm not the best prayer. I tend to just have three words. Father, 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 Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Help, help, help. I'm not affluent. I'm not, I don't have the vocabulary sometimes. And I know we've all been there before. But if we pray and ask the Holy Spirit, to help us, he intercedes for us. 
he takes our wordless prayers, our messed up sentences, and presents it perfectly to God, according to his will, at the right time. So we can trust that when we pray and we ask God, that they're not just empty prayers. Like, they're more powerful than what we can pray. Amen? How are we all going? That's a lot of scripture. It's good. One more. Can we handle one more? All right. So let's go to the last one. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. There are many different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. So if you haven't heard of spiritual gifts before, I encourage you to read that um, chapter. It tells you about all the different gifts um, that we all have um, given to different people for the purpose to help each other and to build the kingdom of God. So these gifts also come from the Holy Spirit. How are you going, Katrina? Can we give Katrina a hand? She's doing a great job. So these are all the things that the Holy Spirit works according to the Scriptures. So He affirms us, He lives in us, He helps us, He teaches us, reminds us, gives glory to Jesus, gives us power, gives us gifts, He intercedes for us, gives us advice for the future, guides, convicts, testifies about Jesus and advocates for us. He's busy. And He lives in us. We've got this all the time. Thank you. That's great, Katrina. Awesome job. So what does this mean then for our Christian walk? You know, knowing that we've got this great friend living in us. You know, there's lots of things we do as Christians. Um, they're all great things. We come to church every Sunday. We read our Bibles. We tithe. We serve. We clean. We play music. We do all sorts of things. They're all great things. And it all positions us to be able to hear from God. And it all, we all want to do it because we love God. We want to serve Him. But if we do all these things without the fellowship of our friend, the Holy Spirit, really, it's just the work of our flesh. So let's have a look at Galatians chapter 5, verse 6. It says, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. So the reality is that we are all a spirit, but we still live in this fleshly body. And this fleshly body still craves fleshly, worldly things. So every day we're fighting a battle. We're fighting against the ways of the world. Things are pretty crazy sometimes the devil trying to lie to us, tell us all sorts of nonsense, and we're fighting against our own flesh. So really, when it says, let your Holy Spirit, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives, in the natural, he seems to be outnumbered. One versus three. How do we do this? Well, we need to realize that God is sovereign, like he's defeated everything. And if we allow him, he will help us to overcome these enemies. So I just want to spend a moment talking about mindsets. We all have a mindset, whether we realize it or not. Some examples, like there's some healthy examples, for example, before I was pregnant, so I was trying to be healthy. So I have a wake up and I'll be like, today, I will not eat sugar. I mean, it's a great mindset, like trying to be healthy. But there's also unhealthy mindsets. I might wake up in the morning in bitterness and have a mindset, today, I am really going to seek my revenge. 
So there's lots of different mindsets. The Bible talks about two main mindsets which govern all mindsets. So let's have a look at Romans chapter 8, verse 5 to 6. It describes it for us. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. So that's a lot of information. And me being sciencey, nerdy, I like to summarize things. So I've got a table up for you that just breaks it down to two different choices, really. So the first mindset, the mindset of the flesh, it ignores the prompting of the Holy Spirit just as I did that day when he told me to pack that extra lunch. I believe that that is disobedience. I know that's a big word, very hard to swallow. But when I think about the times when I was growing up, mom and dad would tell me to do something. And I knew they were right. I knew deep down they were right. They had good intentions. I just didn't want to do it. It wasn't cool. I was lazy. I had other better things to do. And I would choose not to do it. And really, that... I believe is an act of disobedience to my parents. So I feel like it is also an act of disobedience when the Holy Spirit with good intentions tells us, go do this, don't do that. And we go, ah, nah, maybe another time. Yeah, that's a, that was hard for me to swallow, but yes, unfortunately it's the truth. The mindset of the flesh also desires our own will. And according to the Word of God, if disobedience was hard to swallow, it's hostile. It's hostile towards a loving God who gave us everything and ultimately leads to death. On the contrary, the mindset of choosing what the Spirit desires is responsive to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. It's obedient to that call, that gentle prompting or that clear voice. It's choosing God's will over our will, trusting that it's better than, better than what we know. It's pleasing to God and it leads to life and peace. So let's look at the next scripture just to encourage us. How do we do this? This sounds really hard. So Colossians chapter 3, it says, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. So here God's encouraging us to choose the mindset of things above rather than the mindset of the flesh. And in 1 Peter chapter 1, 13, it says, prepare your minds for action. So we need to actually prepare ourselves to set our minds. Exercise self-control. You must live as God's obedient children. So let's set our mind on the things above by meditating on the Word of God and by trusting that the Holy Spirit will give us direction and do all the works that we've talked about to help us live out that life that pleases God and ultimately help us to become true witnesses of who Jesus is. So how do we actually do this? Do we just fight on our own? Do we try harder? Do we fast more? Do we? How do we do this? So all God asks us to do is surrender and yield to the voice and the leading of the Holy Spirit. 
If we go back to Galatians um, that we looked at before, it says, let the Holy Spirit guide you. It doesn't say the Holy Spirit's going to force you. He's going to drag you. He's going to make you. He's, he, it says let. It's an act of willingness. We, we need to want to do it ourselves. It's not forceful as, at all because He's a loving God. So I'm just going to end on a quote by Dr. Charles Stanley. He says, To walk by the Spirit is to live moment by moment in dependency on Him, sensitive to His voice, and in obedience to Him. So this, I believe, is a life, it's a Christian life with the fellowship of the person of the Holy Spirit. And I don't know about you, but it sounds like a pretty cool life. Yeah, I look back at times where there were days where I've been so busy, I'm so determined to get so much done. And I did. I did lots of stuff throughout the day. At 10 o'clock, I'm sitting on the toilet bowl before going to sleep. And I just feel in my spirit like, did today count? Did I hear from my, from my Lord today? Was I just busy doing things that I thought was important? What if I missed it count for eternity? And that inspires me to, to seek the Holy Spirit and, and yeah, to be flexible to what He calls us to do. So I just invite you to stand if you're able. And we're just going to sing um, the All Holy Spirit song together. But before we do that, I just want to I just want to put out a challenge or an encouragement to you. Tomorrow morning when you wake up, first thing before you wake up, before you talk to anyone or have your breakfast or even get out of bed or talk to your husband or your dog, let's talk to God first. Like, good morning, Lord. Thank you for new day. Thank you for, you know, dying for me and living in me. You're such a good friend. Can you talk to me today? I know you're speaking. Can you help me to listen to you? Can you help me to be sensitive to your voice? Can you help me to obey? It's really hard because, you know, I'm stubborn sometimes. But can you help me, Lord? Can you remind me of who I am? All those things that we talked about. Can you remind me about Jesus? Can you convict me of what I'm not doing well? Can you teach me? Can you give me courage? Can you empower me? And as we sing this song... Let's worship Him. Let's just talk to the Holy Spirit again. Whether you've been close to Him or far from Him, there's, no, there's never a good or bad time to just reconnect with the Holy Spirit. Say, God, thank you for living in me. I just want to live to please you. I just want to hear from you. So why don't we do that together as a team?